damn it! How long have we been doing this show? The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's the Wrestling Life. It's episode 355. It is our annual Thanksgiving spectacular. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, happy Thanksgiving, pal. Happy Thanksgiving to you, and happy Thanksgiving, crab fans. Crab fans. So we were kicking around ideas what to do for the Thanksgiving spectacular this year, and uh, you had some good ideas. You're like, hey, let's watch the last matches of of some legends and decide who had uh, the best one. And then um, uh, we never really drilled down on that. And then I'm like, well, we could go to that crossover grid website and fill out uh, crossover grids mm-hmm. on the air. And you're like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but then we 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 kind of put these ideas together and decided, you know what? Let's just remember some guys. That's right. It's what we do best on our evergreen our evergreen content that we produce a few times a year. Uh, nothing, nothing we like more than reading a list of names and casually uh, remembering them. Is there, there's uh, that viral uh, Instagram post or tweet or whatever that is, has been going around for a few months that it's like, Guys, dudes can just sit around and remember old sports players and just have the best time. (laughs) Yeah. And and, uh, that's what we're about to do here. We're just going to. More than wrestling fans loves to remember some guys and girls, as we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. We could begin with any number of the celebrities Mm -hmm. that have uh, popped through AEW. who could forget Mike Tyson? That's right. As he yawned <laughs> and introduced an unfinished TNT championship. That's right. Uh, did a not very interesting angle with Chris Jericho. And uh, then came back to do commentary for a Orange Cassidy versus Shibata match. So, And appeared to know who Shibata was. Yes. Yes, in a maybe. way that would be difficult to fake. Yes. Um, though he did later, he later did, he did tell The Undertaker that he likes working for WWE better, even though uh, he AEW pays him more. <laughs> Fantastic. I think that's wonderful. But uh, yeah, Mike Tyson securing the bag multiple times from Tony Khan, including during a global pandemic. Remember the uh, the that unfinished TNT championship belt? <laughs> what a it lo- part. It looks like they took some uh, sheet metal mm-hmm. and like hammered it onto a leather strap. And uh and they're like, Yep, here it is. It's our new belt. Yeah, it was it was that was a rough looking thing. And it reminded me on a personal personal anecdote here, like because all the WWE games for years had like a create a belt thing. Yes, and I remember one year in uh, in the universe mode, I was like, I want to do a television championship, but like I'm not good at doing those create a belts or create a wrestler things. Usually, I just download the ones, right? Like, but for whatever reason, I didn't think about that. I think I was still playing on Xbox and maybe didn't have a internet subscription or internet whatever the Xbox Live or whatever you needed to download stuff. But uh, so I'm just like, I was just like, I literally made a silver circular belt. 
with just like an NXT logo in the middle of it. And, and that was my NXT television championship. And I used it for probably like three matches. And I was like, this looks terrible and fake and no wrestling company would ever put a belt that looks like this on their, <laughs> on their TV. But AEW kind of did for a while. Yeah, it was only a couple of weeks or whatever it was. Anyway, who could tell? It was a wonderful um, Snoop Dogg, of course, who could forget his great uh, frog splash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of all of the, this. Now we're getting into the Cody verse. <laughs> yeah, and all of uh, all of Cody's friends from. Uh, it wasn't America's Got Talent, but it was basically America's Got Talent. I don't remember what that show was called. Go Big Show. That's oh, that's right. <laughs> Although ironically, they didn't. Uh, they <laughs> had that show before Paul White got signed. <laughs> the Go Big Show. So uh, yeah, some of the other the other judge on that uh, on that show was Rosario Dawson, <laughs> who was um, now probably most famous for dating a United States senator. Probably for being in Star Wars, I guess. I guess. I think. <laughs> I mean, if she dated like a senator that actually had a chance to ever be president, sure. But I don't think that's. <laughs> you don't think Cory Booker has the uh, the Q rating necessary? He does not have the sauce. He is like um, wish Barack Obama. Yes, he he tried real hard. <laughs> Yeah, he tried to speak with our former president's cadence, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was also vaguely. Uh, anyway, I'm going <laughs> to stop talking about this before I get myself in trouble somehow. But anyway, Rosario Dawson is is now ex his ex. Uh, I didn't know they were exes. Yeah, I don't think they're together anymore. <laughs> Once he wasn't running for president anymore, I guess the magic wore <laughs> out. But. Uh, but she on the market? I I don't know. No reason. <laughs> Just uh Hall of Famer. But she did she got physical with uh she did a physical angle on, yes, uh, she on did. her what? appearance <laughs> with uh with with Alistair Black or Malachi Black. So she was uh, she was game for this for this wrestling business. Yeah. That was fun. Um also part of the Cody verse, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, who came in, teamed with Jake Cargill, took a table bump, got put in an ambulance, escaped the ambulance, and was <laughs> hasn't been seen since. Disappeared. Remember that? Disappeared in the back. It was, it was the weirdest thing. Uh, yeah, you, they went to commercial with him being loaded in the ambulance. He clearly didn't fit in the ambulance, so they couldn't close the doors. And then when they got back from commercial, he was gone, <laughs> disappeared into in a puff of smoke, never to be heard from again. Um, yeah, that turned out. I don't know if people expected that at the time, but it turned out to be more of a, a vehicle to introduce uh, Jade to the world. Um, and uh, for for the fact that it was a celebrity match and his partner had never wrestled on national television before. And the woman that she had to wrestle was Brandy Rhodes. Oh no, it was it was Red Velvet because Brandy got pregnant. 
right. I forgot. It was supposed to be Brandy Rhodes, right? I forgot. See, this is this is why this is where remembering remembering some guys and girls is great. Yeah. yeah. So Red Velvet also not t- terribly experienced at that point in wrestling on national television. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty entertaining, and it's and it's COVID era, so there's little to no fans in the crowd. Uh, the fact that it wasn't just a total train wreck, a testament to all involved. Yes. You know, you bringing up Red Velvet here. Red Velvet, to me, is like early Statlander in that she's going to do one or two things in a match that look really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then there's one or two more things that are going to happen where someone almost dies. <laughs> And uh, Statlander, I think, post both knee injuries has gotten much, much better. I'm not sure how that is. (laughs) I know the basics were always there. I know everyone always thinks very highly of her and she's very nice and she works hard. She's a good family woman and all that. (laughs) But um, before the knee injuries, she would do a couple of really good things. And then also drop someone on their head. And <laughs> I remember her and Nyla, I think, having a pay-per-view match where I thought someone was going to die. Yeah. And Red Velvet is kind of taking that mantle now, I feel. Uh, she just returned from knee injuries. And um, <laughs> she is going to do a scissor kick that looks really bad or... Um, standing moonsault on her face or something every time out. It's must-see TV. Absolutely. An element of danger, as we like to say. Yes. Uh, Golden Globe award-winning actor Paul Walter Hauser. <laughs> and the Golden, one... Glo- the Golden Globe became part of the lore. That's right. Jeff Jarrett broke a guitar over Golden Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser's head. And they absconded uh, with with the Golden Globe and had it as part of their their uh, menagerie of foreign objects to use in in matches for a while. That sure was something. <laughs> Remember that? He's like a nice guy. <laughs> also, very funny that they got a Golden Globe winner on their show, and Jeff Jarrett's like, "This is my spot." <laughs> I'm gonna who's gonna get the rub from working with the big time celebrity not that he's I mean obviously he's a famous actor but not not a household name but who's gonna get the rub who's gonna get the who's gonna be in those thumbnails on TMZ and whoever else picks up the story Jeff mother love and Jarrett double J yeah so that's kind of the celebrity section of let's remember some guys how about some uh, announcers or non-wrestlers um conrad thompson <laughs> i think he hosted the first press conference mm-hmm. he got pro photos taken maybe on the website at some point mm-hmm. and then it was like no i don't work there and anytime everybody would ask him he would be like no i don't work there and like mm-hmm. well, what happened here you got a bunch of promo photos taken and you hosted the first press conference and Conrad Thompson. Something just a gentleman who's up to no good. <laughs> That's my opinion of Conrad. I don't listen to any of his shows famously. Right. Um, I know people love them uh, and uh, and he uh, whatever. 
but uh, yeah, the very interesting story. Did those uh, star cast shows in conjunction with like a every AEW show for the first uh, few months there for every AEW pay per view, I should say, and uh, then those kind of died down around the time he tried to do one in Baltimore that nobody went to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one was rough. Uh, and. Uh, and then, yeah, we don't uh, we don't really do Starcast anymore, and we don't uh, we don't we don't see Conrad on AEW no more. Just a, a fascinating uh, what what happened there? What's going on there? I I don't know. I I think he's cut the Starcast. The Starcast is easy to explain to me. It's like, well, they don't make money unless you do them once a year right. <laughs> or twice a year, and they're to travel, and then they're in a destination city, not. Baltimore, right, <laughs> right, and also don't right do them don't do them two months apart from each other, <laughs> right. So I think that's probably what happened there, but we don't know. Uh, the best announcer in the history of AEW was Golden Boy. <laughs> he was this video game uh, esports announcer. Huh? Came in, did a couple shows. He was really good. Yeah, like His... surprised everyone at how good he was. His product knowledge was probably a C plus, mm-hmm. maybe a C minus, but his enthusiasm and professionalism on that crew, a plus plus. On those early shows, you're working with Jr. and Marvez, and <laughs> I mean Excalibur's around, but I don't think he was on every show at first, um, or at least I don't think he was on that Fighter Fest show. And then Shivani wasn't a full timer until a little bit later on once they're already on dynamite every week. So it's like, yeah, there was a space there where I was like, golden Bush should probably be the lead play by play guy. Cause what he doesn't know, he clearly at least like has notes. Right. <laughs> and like learned how to pronounce everyone's name, for instance, and sounds yes. invested in what's happening on the screen. <laughs> yes. Whatever happened to golden boy. He's still, still an esports guy. I guess probably makes more money doing that. If I had to guess, yeah, that's probably right. Um, remember Chris Van Vliet? Hmm. This is uh, he's a famous uh, content guy. His his content is everywhere. Interviews a lot of celebrities. He interviews a lot of uh, celebrities. He goes to media junkets and interviews the movie people. Mm-hmm. But he also does a lot of a lot of things in the wrestling space, and he's a fan, and he still um, does a lot in the wrestling space. He got a, he got an all elite graphic, um, which just tells you that those things are works. <laughs> but Chris Van Vliet, I'm not sure he appeared on more than one TV show ever. I'm not sure what he did digitally for them, et cetera, et cetera, but. Remember Chris Van Vliet? What a name, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. He's an interesting guy because clearly he has a very, he's very smart. And I don't know if he has a team of people or if it's literally him editing all of this stuff, but he's great at like the social media clips. <laughs> like he's a great like Instagram real TikTok guy. So like in the modern era, certainly someone you'd think you'd want on your uh, on your roster of people. But uh, didn't work out for whatever reason. Similarly, and back in the AEW universe, by virtue of 
her new relationship with Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Alicia Tout. Mm-hmm. Also got an all elite graphic. Just didn't make it out of that first year. No, and got sucked into the MLW vortex for a while, I think. I think she yeah. became like a wrestling character in MLW. Like she was like, I don't know if she wrestled, but she was somebody's manager. She was uh, Richard Holiday's uh, valet. That's she was right. just like the interview person. And then they did an angle where she like turned heel and they made out the ring and stuff. Right. So, hey, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the what happened with her in AEW, but another another person that also seemed generally talented in an era where they just needed bodies you know what i mean not not in a lascivious way like they just needed people that knew how to do the basic pro wrestling stuff yes like i remember listening to uh uh aw's in-house podcast they had dasha on one week and she was talking about like when she got hired she's like all of the stuff i do now like she does spanish commentary she does ring announcing whatever else she does. Uh, she was like, it was just kind of like they needed somebody on that on, on the day. And I was like, I can do that. And right. So, she, so it was very like wild West on the production side, as is evident. If you watch those early AEW shows back, um, not the slick streamlined product we see today from AEW <laughs> uh, all the time in every facet. Uh, but yes, you, it seemed like in an era where you just you needed people who knew what they were doing, like she and Van Vliet and uh, and Conrad, for that matter, like just people that are comfortable talking on camera, as opposed to, say, Alex Marvez, who still isn't comfortable talking on camera when they put him on camera in 2023. Um, some memorable women's division competitors. Um, <laughs> awesome Kong. Sure. Remember her? The Nightmare Collective, a division of the Nightmare family. Also part of that group, Mel. <laughs> Remember Mel? Uh, they shaved her head on television, right? I think. Uh, I honestly have been yet? I can't remember. I honestly couldn't remember if she already had a shaved head. That's also possible. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also briefly in that group, uh, though he's still around, so I guess he doesn't count for this uh, remember some forgotten people list, but uh, Dr. Luther, that's how he wormed his way into AEW, was part of the Nightmare Collective, a division of the Nightmare family. Uh, Boy, the Brandyverse. Beloved beloved by all. uh Uh-huh. Look, the Brandy criticism got real vicious in a very specific way that I have always found to be a little bit cruel. Yep. Despite the fact that I generally agree with that it wasn't good. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, boy, some of that stuff, yeah, there was dolls and people getting their haircuts and Mel and Dr. Luther and Awesome Kong, uh, who I think left to film a television show and just never came back. So... (laughs) Uh, just one of those things. And then Brandy one week just decided that the angle was over and she was just Cody's wife again. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was an interesting way to end a like eight weeks of television by just going, well, I'm better now. <laughs> I don't want to cut people's hair and be a goth anymore. Yeah, that that uh, that certainly was uh, what a time. What a time in this business. <laughs> 
Um, some guys we could remember. Uh, you remember the guy Warhorse? Man, Came- people gas that mf up. <laughs> but he deserved to have a match with Cody Rhodes during Cody's uh, Indie Open Challenge uh, TNT title reign. I'll never forget that because I was still writing the uh, Dynamite report slash commentary on the Observer site every week at the time. And I said uh, he was totally fine and uh, and was good. And this was fun. And uh, someone on Twitter replied, uh, you have brain worms to me <laughs> and then blocked me. <laughs> like, oh. What? Hello? <laughs> Is this I thing on? That, yeah, people that's sort of the thing now because I'll still see people bring it up as like, oh, this guy that pooped the bed at the biggest opportunity of his life. Right. I didn't think it was it wasn't like a terrible match. He didn't do what like Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks did with their their turns on that merry-go-round, I suppose. But I didn't think it was like a disaster. I feel like maybe there's there's more of like maybe how he handled himself, like just something maybe we don't know, like, <laughs> or maybe they just didn't see anything in him as a long-term guy. So they just brought him in one week to give him a payday, which was kind of the whole point of that, that era of AEW was them giving a lot of indie guys who couldn't make towns anymore because of the pandemic, a, uh, a chance to get their name out there and to get a, at least one payday for that month. Another part of that Cody versus uh, Glacier. <laughs> yes, he's in. He's in the first uh, that first double or nothing casino battle royal, and uh, and then he was. I think he was part of Cody's entourage for you know Cody. Cody had an yes. entourage when he would walk to the ring. Yes. for a while, uh, and uh, and Glacier would be in that along with your your DDPs and your. Uh, your uh, your Tom Dreamers, who we could talk about in a second here, of just just guys who would float in because they were, uh, you know, Cody's mentors or Cody's uncle, you know, wrestling uncles. Yeah, and so they got to just pop up and get a payday and get some free food. Yes, uh, DDP also worked a match. That's true. <laughs> that was one mm. of the matches we were maybe going to work look at in the previous iteration of this uh, this idea. Yeah. Uh... Shima and the Strong Hearts. They they announced a working relationship with uh, with OWE in uh, in China when they started this promotion. And if you look at those early shows, the Fighter Fests and the pre Dynamite era, uh, Shima's wrestling on like every single one of those shows, either in a tag or in a singles match. Um, and then I guess I guess COVID just killed that. <laughs> I guess. Because we just never heard from any of those fellas again. <laughs> yeah. And they started popping up on New Japan shows like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we can enter the, uh, uh, I guess, Tom Dreamers. He was in that first Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I can't stand Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> I just can't see anything but 2023 Tommy Dreamer. With his stupid man bun, on his balding sure. head, sure, and uh, his uh, his uh, sticking up for Ric Flair. Yes, his his determination to be the villain of the of the 
of the uh, piece of media that finally attempted to hold Ric Flair accountable for his many, many alleged uh, sex crimes. (laughs) Improprieties. Sure. Uh, he he was determined that he would he would make himself the villain of that piece, and I think got himself suspended from Impact, but not fired. So correct. He is a cockroach of this wrestling industry. Correct. Um, as we enter, uh, let's just talk about the the thing that maybe people remember from the first uh, Battle Royal, and that's uh, there's a wrestler with no legs. That's right. There's a big campaign. To, uh, to get him in this battle royal, big social media campaign. Dustin Thomas. That's right. And uh, God bless him. He got in the match and did a couple spots. Uh, and then we were done making ourselves feel better for uh, making ourselves feel good for letting the, the kid with no legs into the match. And then we never saw him again. Like we want the points for letting him in the match, but we're not gonna like hire him or or any of that, you know, and not none of that business. There was definitely when this thing when this company started, there was definitely less of a Republican feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean that's uh you know, lost to history now, but Cody's answer to a question at that first show, I think it's a double or nothing. Was uh went so viral that uh very very popular online leftist politician uh, AOC retweeted it and and talked about it. So there was definitely a they saw a lane at one point to uh to to try to be a uh, to try to uh, dog whistle to the uh, to the to the American left and uh, they took it for a while. And uh, things changed. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap up by remembering some guys here with uh, a trip to the Jericho verse. <laughs> and uh, remember Pineapple Pete? <laughs> Another, uh, you know, indie journeyman of several years. Who uh, had his had his livelihood cut short uh, due to due to the pandemic? Got a got an extra gig on those uh, QT Marshall's gym shows that were dynamite for several weeks. Whereas uh, I think I think everybody's probably told the story, but Jericho and Cody and whoever else they could get basically, you know, got in their trucks and drove to drove to QT's gym and they set up a ring. And they did. They filmed like fifteen weeks of television. Uh, I think only like seven or eight actually aired before they moved to Daly's place. But but they filmed a ton of television, a ton of matches, and one of the extras happened to be this guy, uh, Suge Dunkerton, in a uh, in a pineapple shirt. And Chris Jericho on commentary decided this guy is. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make it a thing. <laughs> He's just going to point him out every time he's on camera. And uh, that led to a wonderful, a wonderful wrestling match eventually between Shug Dunkerton and Chris Jericho. And Jericho pinned him in about 11 seconds. And uh, I believe that was the last time we ever saw. <laughs> last time we ever saw Pineapple Pete. Uh, 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 until he popped up in, as like an extra in an NXT segment about six months later. <laughs> 
he him not getting a job out of that whole deal um had to be the the most surprising slash disappointing thing about it yeah i mean what (laughs) they i mean there was like months of television people were like genuinely into the idea of pineapple pete wrestling chris jericho and like nobody expected him to win of course but yeah everybody thought he we were gonna see that is all elite graphic and they you know put him in a wacky tag team with whoever yeah and he'd be around for a year or two i think he would have you know he would have been gone by now certainly but yeah everybody thought he was getting a job out of that because why else would you spend why else would you you know Give him, give him time with Chris Jericho, who at the time was your most important star. Uh, well, just just because it was something to do. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, classic, uh, classic uh, Jericho verse. Hard to say that pineapple. I don't know. Perhaps he commands a greater rate at his uh, his independent wrestling shows now, having having because now he can put as seen on AEW television. Uh, on his uh on his uh poster on the marquee maybe he he makes a little bit more money that way but yeah not uh doesn't feel like he got a ton out of it <laughs> all things considered all right well it sure has been fun remembering some guys yeah uh uh honorable mentions to all the various mma personalities that were part of the dan lambert verse that just dominated AEW television for like a year and then Dan Lambert went away <laughs> and he so did all those MMA people that's right Paige Van Zant, unforgettable uh, unforgettable yeah. person Jorge Masvidal uh, Andre Arlovsky the guy that Vince McMahon saw on the cover of uh, MMA magazine once mm-hmm. was uh, immediately enthralled with mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Paige's uh, husband, who also I believe has a name. Who cares? Yeah, no. Just happy to be there. Just lucky to be there. I'm sure they'll be together forever. Uh huh. All right. Paige to train with Gangrel. That's just where I want to leave it. That was that was Paige Van Zant's wrestling trainer was Gangrel. She went on to have a great career. Mm-hmm. She's very right. successful at what she does. I don't think that's uh, that's disputable. Nope, 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 nope. All right, everybody. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Merry Thanksgiving. And until uh, next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Merry Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. Looks like Mark Andrews tore his ACL. That's great. Wait, I, like, I got I got a text from my friend that just said "fuck" in all caps. <laughs> so I'm like, "Well, something terrible happened." Yeah, I think uh, I think Andrews tore his ACL. I'm I'm not upset that I spent uh, the eight hours or whatever it was listening to it. You gotta do something while you're walking the dog for three hours. <laughs> we have been over two hours, like uh, 
how many nights have there been this week? Five, like four of the five nights. <laughs> he has he is eleven years old and he's very slow. <laughs> and he likes to go everywhere. <laughs> likes to explore. He's not lost his uh his want to travel in his old age. <laughs> and uh we see uh all kinds of wildlife that I send you photos of. <laughs> Foxes in Baltimore City now. What the hell is going on down there? Raccoons, foxes. I lived in Baltimore City for a long time. We yes. had rats and squirrels, and that was it. Yep. There's never anything, any interesting wildlife. And now there are foxes and raccoons everywhere. Yep. I try to keep on keeping on. 